you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10, from verse 17 onwards. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. But he was sad at this word, and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. I'm going to read this one more time. I pray that God will help you to really understand what the Spirit of the Lord has recorded in this gospel through these verses. So just pay close attention to what God has here for us to read first and then pray while you're reading, Lord, help me to understand. It's good to hear, but it's good to read and hear. So if you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to open your Bibles and read God's word so you know that I'm reading from the Bible. And it will also be a blessing for you when you read from the Bible what God has so you yourself will know what is there in God's word. And God can speak to you while you're reading as well. So please have your Bibles open to Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to read from verse 17 onwards. Now, as he was going out on the road, who was this he? It was Jesus. One came running, knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, this man who came to Jesus, he came he came with humility. He came with integrity. He really wanted to know how to go to heaven. 
he had the right question. He had the right attitude. When we come to God, we must come to God with humility. And we must come to God with understanding that when we come to God for answers and he gives us the answers, we should be willing to do what he is telling us to do. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. So this man, he really wanted to know what Jesus had to say. And he he had that humility in his heart to come and tell Jesus that I don't know this topic. It's important. Many times, many people, because of pride, they always try to put up a front. They try to show as if they know everything. None of us know everything. That's the truth. So we have to be in a state of humility because that's what we learn. We have to be in a state of openness where God can pour into us. So when we come to the presence of God, we come to God and we say, Lord, I don't know anything. You know everything. Because you know everything, Lord, I come to you humbly asking you to speak to my heart, asking you to reveal to me what I don't know. So as we come to the presence of God, we come with this attitude that, Lord, I don't know. I need you. I need your help. This is how this man came. He came in front of everybody. He came and he said, I don't know. Jesus, teach me. It's important. He had the humility in the presence of God to come and say, Lord, I need to know. That's a good thing. Anytime we say, I don't know, it's a good thing that we come with that integrity, that openness to learn, wanting to know more. See, if we all think that we all know everything, then we don't have to be here. Now, this is not a place where we all come and show our knowledge. Hey, you take, you speak for five minutes, I speak for five minutes, we all speak for five minutes, we all try to, you know, agree to disagree and disagree to agree or whatever it is, and then everybody leaves very happily because they all got to show their two cents. No, nobody's going to learn that way. We have to come to the presence of God and say, Lord, teach me, Holy Spirit, teach me. I'm here to learn. I want to grow. And when we come with that expectation, God meets us where we are. The Spirit of God comes and he says, you are eager. You really want to know. You are here with a question and I will answer you. And how many times you might have come to the Bible study or to Sunday service with, you know, questions. I know there are many people, many of you have like a lot of questions written down or a lot of topics that you want to know or that week you might have been reading the Bible and you didn't understand a certain thing. And what you do, you write those things down. And many, many times we've heard many testimonies that you'll say all the things that we wrote down, we got answers for them during the Bible study or during the fasting prayer or during the Sunday service. How? Because the Spirit of God knows. He knows that you're sincere. He knows that you're reading the Word. He knows that you have this question. And He comes to speak to you. God comes to speak to you. God comes to answer you. It just shows how close God is with His people. God is with us. He's so near to us. So this man, he came to Jesus. He came running to Jesus. He was eager. He didn't want to miss Jesus. He came running to Jesus and he knelt before him and he asked him this question. See, when we come to the presence of God, it's important to forget about everything and everyone. This man didn't think about who is there. 
He didn't think about what other people will think about him. He didn't think about putting up an image. See, anytime we try to put up an image, we lose at that point. We need to be really humble in the presence of God. And we really need to keep our eyes on Jesus and on no one else, including ourselves. So when we go to Jesus saying that, Lord, I just want you. I just want to hear from you. Your word is what I need. I don't want anything else other than what you want to say. At that time, what we do, we shut down everything. We shut down what other people will think. That's why when we come to the house of God, it's important to be in that zone. That zone is you and God. Not worry about anybody. How you clap, you don't have to worry about what anybody will think. How you sing, you don't have to worry about what anybody will think. Because church is not a place of performance. Church is not a place where somebody comes and evaluates anybody. Nobody's business is that, first of all. Church is a place where you come to worship the living God. Each person will bring their offering before God. Each person will bring their thanksgiving before God. Each person will bring their praises before God. Each person will bring their hearts before God. We all come and stand, and where you stand, it's you and God, and that's it. Everything is closed. God is there. You are there. You are before God. And as you worship Him, the Spirit of God will minister to you where you are. So it's you and God. That's how it was with this man. He came running. His focus was Jesus. His focus was Jesus. He was not running. And he was not looking at everybody and saying, like, what will people think about him? Am I running properly? Am I running like a runner? And No. Am I running fast enough? Or am I running in a sloppy way? No. What will other people think if I just come and, you know, kneel down over here? They'll think like, I don't know. No, he didn't care about anything. There is no pride here. When we come to God, we come with a humble heart, clothed with humility. When we come to God, truly, sincerely seeking for what God has, God will give us the answer. That's what happened over here. He sincerely came to God. He sincerely came with a humble heart. And he came and he knelt before God with all humility, saying that, Lord, I don't know, you know. Jesus spoke to him. Jesus spoke to him. He stopped everything because Jesus was also going. Jesus was going, the Bible says. Now, as he was going out on that road. So he was going. He was going. While he was going, you have somebody come in, stop him from going where he was going. Jesus was willing to stop for this man because this man sincerely came. And it was not to make him look good. It was really because he really wanted to know. So when he came and he asked Jesus, Jesus, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? You know, Jesus stopped for that question because it's a very important question. Very important question. And Jesus basically said, in, in short, you keep the word of God. Jesus said this in another uh, chapter also in another parable when he talks about the good ground when he talks about different types of ground and he says those who hear my words and they do it those are the ones who will be like the good ground that will yield 30 60 and 100 the rest of them will not be in the picture so those people 
who become eligible to be in the kingdom of God will produce fruit. There are no trees that are non-bearing. Understand that. Every single person who comes to God and who enters the kingdom of God will become fruit-bearing trees. They will begin to multiply. They will grow and then they will begin to multiply. So there's a growth process and there's a multiplication process. There's no barrenness in the kingdom of God. There is no barrenness in the kingdom of God. So the the soil or the ground that was not was unkept, the ground that had rocks, the ground that had thorns, it didn't produce anything because that plant didn't grow to produce anything. Whatever it had and to whatever extent it grew, it was all killed by whatever was left there. God is speaking to our hearts today. If you don't get rid of what you need to get rid of in your life, if you don't get rid of that which is hindering you from going forward, the very thing that you allow to keep you from going forward will keep you from entering into eternal life. It's very important. God is speaking to our hearts today. If Abraham never left the land of the Chaldeans, he wouldn't have been the father of many nations. When God calls us to move forward, it's important for us to move forward. That means, you know what move forward is? What is moving forward? When you think about moving forward, moving forward means that you no longer stay where you are. You're leaving where you are and you're moving forward. Every step you take to go forward, every step will be a step of leaving behind where you are staying. You cannot take your place with you. You can't say, well, I want to be in this store, but I want to also be in that store. Well, I want to be in my mom's house at the same time. I want to be in my grandma's house. You can't do that. It doesn't work that way. How come many times we think that we can play both sides or we can live in two worlds when we follow Jesus? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. So when you walk, when you follow him, that means when you follow Jesus, you have to leave whatever is there behind. You leave something and you go forward. And you are no longer, you know, on that road. You go on to a different road. If you have GPS, if you have traveled, if you have not stayed in your house your entire life, never came outside your door, then you should know that after one street, that street stops and another street begins. You exit out of that street. After you get to that street, you exit out of that street when you get to the highway. After that, you exit out of that highway and you go wherever you have to go. Nobody is staying on the same spot. Everybody has to move. You move forward. Or you move backwards. Whether you're going to hit the gas pedal or you're going to keep your gear on reverse, it'll be a disaster. We have to think about our lives. How we take our steps forward. How our journey is going to be in this life must be well thought, must be guided by God Almighty must be planned out by God Almighty. And we need to be able to follow the map that God has given to us. We have to follow the blueprint that God has given to us. And here, 
this man comes and he asks this very important question. He says, good teacher. You know, a student knows that the teacher knows better. So he's coming and he's asking Jesus Christ's question, fully knowing that Jesus has the answer. That's faith. When you come to God, you must believe that he is. That's what the Bible says. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So Jesus Christ can answer you. He can answer all your questions. Jesus Christ can hear you. He can hear all your prayers. Jesus Christ, he can deliver you. He can deliver you from all your troubles. This is who Jesus is. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when you look at Jesus Christ, you have to look at him with faith that he can. Jesus can. Jesus can. He wants to. He can. He is a compassionate father and a compassionate friend. So he goes to Jesus and he sees him as a teacher. How we see God is important. When we pray, when we want God to lead us, we say, Lord, you be my shepherd. You lead me to green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. You see God as your shepherd. It's very important. The way you see God, which is by faith, will cause God to move on your behalf. According to the way you see him. That means if you see Jesus as your shepherd, and you ask him to be your shepherd, then he will be your shepherd. If you see Jesus as your counselor, wonderful counselor, and you seek for his counsel, then he will reveal himself to you as your wonderful counselor. How you see Jesus is very important. You can see Jesus Christ in many different ways, but you need faith to really understand and to really take him for who he is. So here, this man, he sees Jesus as a good teacher, not any teacher, a good teacher. That means there's a teacher who has the truth. That means this teacher will tell me the right answer. This teacher will give me what I need. He knew that. We need to be like that. When we come to God, we have to come with an understanding. When I come to him, he will give me what I need to hear. What will lead me in the paths of righteousness? He will give me what I need to hear, what I need to follow. God will give me what is good for me. God will give me what is good for me. Just because a child screams for candy, candy for breakfast, candy for lunch, and candy for dinner, will a parent in your right mind will give them candy? Oh, you don't eat breakfast, eat candy. Oh, you don't have to eat lunch, eat candy. You don't have to eat dinner, eat candy. What will they do? They'll get their child sick. God is a good father. He will give us what we should have. When we should have. And many times, he may not give certain things that we ask him because he knows that it is not good for us. God gives us the best. God gives us the best. That means you ask him for something, he will exceed that. He will give you something far greater than that. So if that is the case, if he's not giving something, then it is not good for us. But then there are other cases also where if God wants to give something, then there could be some hindrance there that needs to be broken. If you're not walking right with God, then 
that'll be a hindrance that'll keep you from receiving the blessings that God has for you. And if there are generational curses there, then those could be there standing in the way with those things need to be broken. Whatever needs to be set right needs to be set right. If there, there's bitterness and envy and anger and strife that is there, those things need to go. Only then we can come and stand before God. Jesus said this. If you have something against someone, he said, leave your gift at the altar. Go and reconcile first. Do what you have to do to make things right. Then you can come back and then you can offer that gift to God. Then you can worship me. So it's, it's that important. And it's that serious because that can completely stop our flow, our relationship with God. It can completely block our walk with God. So there are certain things that can stop us or hinder us from receiving what God has for us. But for now, we want to stick with this. Those are all different topics in itself. And that God has spoken to us before about it. The importance of unity and oneness, the importance of forgiveness and forgiving, receiving forgiveness and and seeking forgiveness, the importance of not holding bitterness and not holding a grudge. These are all very, very important if you want to live a prosperous spiritual life and a healthy physical life. Jesus is here listening to this when the man says, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? He's asking this question and Jesus is saying this, why do you call me good? No one is good, but one that is God. Or no one is good except God. What is Jesus saying there? He is indirectly implying that he is God. He didn't say that. Don't call me good because I'm not God. He didn't say that. He said, why do you call me good? You know that no one except God is good. Ultimately. Then he goes on to giving him the answer because Jesus is God in flesh. And he said, you know the commandments. He said, this is what is important. Keeping, being a doer of the word of God is important. Be a doer of the word. It's important. Jesus said this also in another parable. There are many parables Jesus said about being a doer of the word and its connection with eternal life. Jesus talked about the wise man and the foolish man. And he said, the wise man, he built his house upon the rock. The rain came, the storm came, all kinds of trials came. It just beat upon that house. But that house stood firm. Which one? The house that was on the rock. This represents each one of our lives. In this world, we'll face many trials. But Jesus said this, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. When we know how to live in him and live a victorious life in Christ, every trial that comes our way, you know what will happen? Trials will not break us, but will only make us stronger. When the winds come and when they beat against the house, the house is still strong. The wind goes away. The waves come and beat against the house. Waves go away. They get scattered, but not the house. Because the house is really built. The foundation is good. The structure is good. Everything is good about the house. A lot of investment, a lot of investment has gone into that house. Anything that needs to be solid, you know, you have to put a lot of time, a lot of work, and a lot of money into that. If 
you value it, then you will spend time on it. If you value your soul, you will spend time on it. Your soul is the most important thing. Remember, your soul is the most important thing. Jesus said this, what can man give in exchange for his soul? What can he give in exchange for his soul? You know why? Because this is going to live forever. I said this before and I want to say it again as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Just like a house needs people on the inside. If there are no people and the house is just there. It's like a haunted house. No human beings there. It's just there. One year, two years have gone by. Three years have gone by. Nobody is there. What's going to happen? I mean, nobody is there. Just the house is there. What's going to happen? You have spiders, you have some kind of creatures in there, you have all kinds of things that will occupy it because the person who should be there is not there. So the house is made for man. The house is made for man. Man is not made for the house. House is made for man. In order for a human being to stay, the house is made. That's what a body is. Our body is created to house our soul on the inside. The soul is the most important thing. If you take away the soul, you know what happens to the body? The body will end up rotting. If that life has gone out of the body, then the body is no more a person. How sad is that? Isn't that true? No more is a person. They call it a body, a dead body. Once my soul leaves this body, no matter how much people or family may love me, they will have to get rid of me. Cannot keep me in the house. You know why? Because the real person, the real me, the soul has departed. So what happens? The body goes to the grave, to the dust from where it came from. But the soul goes to where it needs to go to. Our lives are so temporary. So temporary when people try to live their life around people, trying to please people all the time. It's so, so futile. When you look at it, it's so vain. There's no point to it. You know why? Nobody can come with you and nobody will even take you once you're gone. Nobody. No matter how much they say they love you, they cannot. That's reality. That's reality. Nobody will say, well, you're dying, so I'll also die with you. That'll be insanity. Because even if somebody says, I'm going to die with you, they're not going to go the same time. They're not going to go to the same place. But when we understand the worth of our soul. We know one thing. At the end of the day, it's my soul and God Almighty. I'm going to stand one-on-one with God Almighty. You're going to stand one-on-one with God Almighty. What I've done in my body, what I've done with my body, what I've done with my finances, what I've done with my talents, what I've done with my education, what I've done with my family, what I've done with my friends, what I've done with my co-workers, what I've done with whatever, my house, whatever God has given me, I'll have to stand before Him and settle accounts with God who gave everything to me. Always remember that this will happen. This will really happen. 
Because everything God has given to us, he'll come back and he'll ask us, I gave you this, I gave you this, I gave you this, I gave you this, I gave you this. What did you do with this? On that day, we have to give an account. We can't say, well, I don't know. And we see the parable about Jesus talking about the guy who gave, the owner gave him five talents to one guy. The other one he gave two talents. And then the other one he gave one. And the one who got one, he took it and he buried it. And after he buried it, he thought, well, I don't have to do anything. When he comes, I'll just tell him, well, I have this one. I'll just give this one back to you. That is not why he gave it. Otherwise, he could have given it to somebody else. The reason why God gives us all these things is for us to use it to glorify him. It is to bless us, but why is he blessing us? He's blessing us so not only we'll be happy, but we'll make others happy. Not only will we be, be blessed, but we'll bless others. Why is God giving talents? Why is God giving skills? Why is God giving family members? Why is God giving co-workers or friends or whoever it is? God wants us to be channels of blessings, to represent him on earth. There's a purpose for your life. There's a purpose for my life. Eternal life that God gives. Where we're going to live forever and ever and ever. It's not a place where we're just going to go and sing songs, night and day, sing songs, night and day, sing songs, night and day, sing songs, night and day. No. So much is there. If you read the Bible, there's so much there. God has just given us just a little bit for us to know. There's so much there. We will rule and reign with him forevermore. That means there are things that will happen where God will appoint people to rule and reign. You have food there. You have praises there. You have music there. You have mansions there. You have jobs there. It's the most interesting place to be. This earth, when you compare this earth to heaven, God made it. It's a very beautiful place. It's not a trash. This is God's creation. Handiwork of God. It's a beautiful place. Do you know what? When you compare this with heaven, it's like a shadow. A shadow. You really can't see much in a shadow. You can see a form. That's how it is. In comparison to the glory that is out there. Besides God himself being there. That's a whole different thing. Besides Jesus Christ there. It's a whole different thing. With all the angels of God there. With all the buildings made of gold and precious stones. And life is there. No sin is there. No tears are there. Joy is there all the time. What else? We can recognize one another. Lazarus was able to see Abraham. Abraham was able to see Lazarus. It's a very lively place. Heaven is a very lively place. Where we are right now is just for a brief moment. Before we know it just goes so fast. Every day we go towards our eternity. Before we know it goes so fast. So it's important for us to think about our eternity. Many times people think about their retirement homes. They think about how much they have in stocks and bonds and, you know, where can I put it and how much can I save and do my kids have their money for their school and do I have this and all those things. But you know what? They forget 
or they're careless about where they're going to go because many times they're not even there to see it. Many times. Even if they have it, it just goes by so fast. Many times what you try to save up for someone, they don't even want it. It's good to do certain things, but you know what? Not neglecting your soul. That's where the problem is. If you neglect your soul and go kids, 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 kids. If you neglect your soul and go work, 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 work. If you neglect your soul and say body, 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 exercise and food and just obsessed with it. If you neglect your soul and do all these things, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? You can have the most beautiful figure. Good for nothing after some time. Just one nerve pulls, you go limping. Just one sprain. That's it. You can lift your hand. Just one little thing. Then you won't be able to say another word. Our bodies are so fragile. So fragile. So fragile. One thing happens with a year. The fluid. You can't stand straight. Something happens with the disc in your spine. You can't walk straight. One little bacteria or virus gets into your nervous system. You can't function anymore. One little valve stops working in your heart. You have a major problem there. We are being held together by the merciful hand of God Almighty in this world to do his purposes. We must not forget that. If we forget our eternal destiny, if we forget where we're going to go, that's where we're going to be. And what I'm doing here is very significant because it's going to affect my eternity. Whatever I'm doing, if I'm doing it with this in mind, what I'm doing here, it's going to go up there. It's going to translate there. It's going to change there into lasting value, then you're being wise. You're being a wise steward. You know how to invest your time into eternity. You know how to invest your talents into eternity. You know how to invest your treasure into eternity. You know how to invest whatever God has given into eternity. You know the best gift and inheritance you can leave for your children is Jesus Christ. If you can give Jesus, if you can give heaven to them, if you can just teach them how to live for eternity, they'll be the richest people there in heaven. All these we have here, these are all fading away. It's like the flower that's in the morning. It withers away in the evening and yet we work so hard. God gives it to us. That's the best part. When we keep our minds on eternity, God gives it to us. God gives it to us. God gives the glory of this world to us. God blesses us here. He gives us what we need. He'll give you the house that you need. He'll give you the clothing that you need. He'll give you whatever you need. God will give you whatever you need. You don't have to go after your need. You don't have to miss heaven for your needs. That's the point. But if you go after eternity, if you go after your eternal life, that means however I'm going to live here, I'm going to live thinking about it. That means what I'm going to do here. It has to translate into eternal 
value. It has to change into eternal value. Whatever I'm doing, it's going to be an investment there. When you have that in mind and when you do it, when you teach your children that, if you're doing your schoolwork and you're doing it for the glory of God, it's going to turn into eternal value as opposed to, I just want to be a doctor because I want my family to look big and I want myself to have more money. It's all going to be like the flower that is going to be there in the morning and be gone in the evening. But if my whole goal is to glorify God and I want to study so that I can bring people to Jesus Christ, I want to study so that I want to be in a place where God's name is not blasphemed, that God is honored because of my sincerity to God or faithfulness to God in my education, then you know what? You'll shine here. God himself will give you everything you need to shine here. And God himself will put you among honorable people. That's all you need to teach your kids. That you study, you study for Jesus. You study to glorify Jesus. You work, you work to honor Jesus. To glorify Jesus. Whatever you do, whether you eat or you drink, even you exercise. You're exercising so that you want this body to glorify Jesus. When people look at you, you don't want people to think this one sloppy Christian over there. You want to have a good testimony. When they look at you, they should see God's glory upon you. When people see you, they should see God's glory. You want to keep yourself strong for God. You want to keep yourself healthy so that you can serve God. See, whatever you do, it has to revolve around eternity. When you do it unto God, God himself will give you everything you need to live a life for this world. And in the world to come. And what will happen when your mind is on, okay, I'm doing this because I want Jesus to be glorified in my body. I want Jesus to be glorified in my studies. I want Jesus to be glorified in my house. I want Jesus to be glorified in my vehicle. Whatever you want to get, whatever you want to have. You say, Lord, I want this to be for your glory. Then it's going to convert into eternal value. It's going to have an eternal significance. And you maintain it for that purpose. And every time you go outside, and you say, Lord, I'm going outside. I want to do your will today. Even if it's to the grocery store. Even if it's to a mall. Even if it's, you know, for vacation. Wherever you go. Lord, I want to represent you here. Let your kingdom come. God will give you a good vacation time. And during the time, you will do something for God that will translate into eternity. Every opportunity you get when you are mindful of how you're living because your moments will go that fast, that fast, very quickly. But if you live thinking about how you're going to convert your currency from here to heaven's currency and live a manner that is pleasing to God, God will give you everything you need. He'll give you plenty of currency that you need over here. Which means whatever you need, your health, your mind, your skills, whatever you need. In order to use that to convert it into eternal treasure. Eternal treasure. There's something called eternal treasure. That means that treasure up there, it will never fade away. It'll be there forever and ever and ever and ever. That's the most important place if you have to have savings up there. If you want to build a house there, really, really good house, that's where you need to have. 
over here, God will give you a good house too. But that's going to last. This is not going to last. That's the difference. What we're doing here, when you do it with heaven in mind, God in mind, whatever you're going to be doing here will translate into eternal. It will translate into something that is of eternal value up there. God is speaking to our hearts today. It's very important. It's very important that you hear this today. But everything that you do, do it with this in mind. That I'm passing through. While I'm passing through, I want to be a wise steward. Wise steward. I'll use my time wisely. I'll use my talents wisely. I'll use my treasure wisely. And when my time on earth is over, I'll have a grand entry and I'll have abundance of wealth there. But if that is not there in your mind, you're just aimlessly going all over. Then suddenly when that call comes, you won't have anything there. We need to be mindful of that. Jesus says over here, look, you need to be someone who is a doer of the word. That's the foundation. That's number one. Be a doer of the word. You want to inherit eternal life? Do what the Bible says. Be someone who will do the word. And when the storm comes, when the wind blows, whatever happens, your house will stand. It will not crash. You will make it. When whatever problem comes away, you will not fall away. You will not leave the faith. Your faith will not shrink or be shipwrecked because good foundation and good structure is there. So Jesus says this, be a doer of the word. In short, that's all it is. Be a doer of the word. That goes for all of us. And then Jesus says something here. He says, verse, let's just go here. Verse 21, Jesus is saying something very important. I've spoken on this before in a, in a different angle, but the Spirit of the Lord wants to address some more things here today to really dig deeper. That's what God is doing. So Jesus is telling this man this. It's good. You're a doer of the word. But I want to give you something more. What you need is, so he's doing an assessment, right? He's looking at everything. He said, this is good. This is good. This is good. And I remember when I used to do student teaching, my professor used to come and she'll come and look and she'll give the grades for my teaching, um, you know, skills. And while I teach, whether it's math or science, you know, I did for the middle school, you know, kids. And as I'm doing everything, she'll have everything written down. And then towards the end, you know, she'll have some things that she will say that, you know, if you do this, It'll make it better. Or you need to have this incorporated or something like that. It's a good thing. If we're not taught, if we're not told what we lack, then you know we're going to be lacking. But if we're told what we lack and what to do, then what will happen? We won't lack in that area if we take that humbly and implement it. As opposed to saying, that, well, she came and found fault with me. No, this is for you to become better. You can be good at this, but you can always go better. 
And so there's room. So what place are you lacking? Which area are you lacking? It's something that we should be aware of. God is aware of. We should be aware of. That's why this guy came. And Jesus is addressing that. He said, this is what you need. This is where you lack. Many times we can come and ask God, Lord, I need you to show me what I need to do. And many times we're like this man. Once the counsel is given, we simply just don't do it. It's our own loss. It is to our own loss, to our own hurt, that we reject the whole counsel of God Almighty. Because that counsel is meant to give us life. It is life for us. Now, always remember, the counsel of God is not easy. Anything good is going to cost you. Anything good, you have to make effort. How many of you can think that you can just easily go to medical school by just seeing alphabet song, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, then you can go and get your doctoral degree? No. Anything that is of value, you have to sweat, you have to work, you have to work with all your heart. You may have to lose sleep. You may have to sit for hours together. You will have to really work hard. If you want to buy something that is of worth, then you will have to work hard. How many people, when they want to get married, they need the money and they work towards that. After that, they start counting everything. How many times you want to do something or get a house? Now you get very careful with what you're doing and you start checking everything. Anything that is of worth will cost you. It has to cost you, otherwise it's not of worth. We have to understand this. If God is telling you something to do, it is of life to you, then you have to put that effort. You can't just say that, well, I'm going to say glory, hallelujah, and somehow it'll, somehow it'll, somehow it'll come into me. It will not somehow come into you. He will give you the strength to obey, but who must obey? I must obey. You must obey. He'll give you the strength to do certain things, but who must do? You must do. If he tells you, get out and get out, get up and get out, then you have to get up and you have to get out. You can't think that, well, somehow God will cause an earthquake and then I'll just be, you know, ejected out of where I am to where I should be. It doesn't happen that way. My responsibility, my involvement in my eternity counts. It's crucial. Very important. What I do with what he has told me is very important. So coming to God for counsel is good. Coming with humility is very good. It's very important. It's foundational because that's what's going to get the answer from God. It got the answer for this man from Jesus. But beyond that, when God gives you the counsel, what do you do with it? Is the question. What do you do with it? Because whatever counsel God gives you, it's life. It's for eternity. For this man, Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, This is the emphasis for tonight. Anytime Jesus tells you to do something, it may be a hard thing to do. Like I said, if it's going to give you life, it's worth it. You will have to work at it. It's never going to be an easy thing. Oh, you know, don't worry about it. And you don't have to do anything about it. God does everything for you. Oh, no. It doesn't happen that way. How is your character going to be built? How are you going to endure? How are you going to learn patience? How are you going to learn to love? How are you going to love? How are you going to become like Jesus if 
your involvement is not there. It's important. So here, Jesus is looking at him. And he loved him. Lovingly, he's telling him. Imagine how much Jesus would have emotionally, spiritually, in every way, invested into this man. Imagine how lovingly he would have told him. With great expectation, he was expecting this man to just do what he told him to do. And you know what? The call of God didn't come to every single person. There were people who came and said, Lord, I'll follow you. And he knew that, that they will just leave in a day or two. So he didn't call them to follow him. He just said, no, no. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. You don't have to. What is the meaning of that? When Jesus said, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. What is the meaning of that? He said, this is a hard road. And the son of man has taken that hard road. And you will not be able to. Because you will not. Because some people just don't want to deal with anything that will cost them. Everything has to be free. Can I get free this? Can I get free that? Can I get free this? If I have to pay for it, I don't want it. And you're not going to get anything that's precious. You have to work for it. You have to put effort. You have to put effort. You need to endure. You need to show your character of endurance by clinging on to the Savior. You know, Jesus loved this man. He told him to do something. He told him to do something that was pertaining to him. Specific instruction for him. If somebody is having high cholesterol, the doctor is not going to come and say, well, I'm going to give you a medication for diabetes. No, he's going to give them a cholesterol medication. If somebody has high blood sugar, then the doctor is going to not give them something to do with the foot or with the hand. The doctor is going to give them what they need. So what did Jesus do here for this man? The medicine that this man needed. What will give him life? What he should do? So tonight, each one of you here, there's something that God will work in your life. Depending on your situation, depending on your spiritual life, depending on what you lack. What is that one thing you lack? What is that thing that you lack? That God is calling you to do. When God calls you to do, will you be like this man who'll say, no, Lord, I feel sad at the council. I don't want to hear that council, so I will do my own thing. What did this man do? He lost the eternal treasures. Jesus saying this, I want to just highlight the last part of what Christ said. He said, and you will have treasure in heaven. When will that happen? The moment you do what you're called to do. And then he says, come and follow me. That means the moment, if he would have done what Jesus told him to do, he would have had treasures in heaven. What would have happened? Whatever he had would have translated into heaven's currency. That's it. And then He got the highest privilege to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus didn't call every single person. It was a very unique high call. 
that this man was short-sighted. He was just looking at the temporary thing. Comfort. I don't want to give up comfort. I don't want to give up what I have. I want to see what is good for me. Good for this present life. Which is going to go away like a vapor. He thought that having his riches with him was good life. So short-sighted, small-minded. You know, what a privilege it is to be with Jesus even for those times on the face of the earth. To live with him, to walk with him, to go wherever he went. It's worth trading all those to be with him. He missed that. He missed the opportunity of being with the son of God. Because he didn't want to let go. Whatever he had, the temporary things had a strong hold on him. Very strong hold on him. Me, myself, and I didn't do good for his soul, nor for his body. Because he missed out on the treasure of all treasures. The Lord God Almighty who created this world with the palm of his hand, with the word of his mouth. He's calling him, come follow me. What a call, what a royal call, what a lofty call. I guess if he would have been called to become the king of Israel, he would have done that. Because he's translating everything into this world's wealth and riches. But the wealth that is going to be in heaven cannot be compared to this. It's like putting in one cent and getting a million dollars or a hundred million dollars. What we can give up in this world, it cannot be compared to what we'll gain in heaven. And it's going to be there forever and ever. Our cents and our dollars will perish here on earth. We're not going to carry it with us. But we can translate that, convert that into eternity. How are we using our time? How are we using our talents? How are we using our skills and our abilities God has given to us? Are we living towards eternity? What has God called you to do? What is God calling you to give up? Whatever sin it may be, whatever pleasures, sinful pleasures it may be, whatever preoccupation it may be, what is it that is taking your prayer time away? What is it that is taking your Bible reading time away? What is it that is taking your worship time away? What is it that is taking your time away from Jesus? What is it that is keeping you from sharing others, sharing with others, or sharing Christ with others? What is it? What is it that is keeping you from living a holy life? What is it that is coming between you and God? What is it? Is it the past? Is it a habit? Is it something? It comes through human beings, old friends. Is it the very thing that God says, let go, you're holding on to? Or is it coming through media? What is it that is keeping you? From following Jesus wholeheartedly. What is it that God has called you to give up. That you're not giving up still. It is not the same for every single person. It varies from person to person to person. Just like I said. You may have. 
lack a lack in something. You may be deficient in one area, and God will say, this is where work needs to take place. You may be deficient in another area, and God will give you what you need for that, the remedy for that, the medicine for that. Don't look at somebody else's medicine and say, it is my medicine. No. For every person, it's unique. What is the area that God is touching today? And he's saying, I want to fix this. I want to help you in this. I want to fill that lack with something eternal. One thing. What is that one thing? What is it? What is God calling you to do? If God had called you to do, and if you said yes to the Lord wholeheartedly, and you did what God told you to, good for you. Praise the Lord for that. Continue to walk with God as you walk with God. He may show you other things. God will fine-tune you. God will fine-tune you as you keep going closer and closer to God Almighty. But don't be like this man who came to God, who knelt in front of him, who even talked to him, the creator of the whole world. The creator of the world world stood before him and gave him the very thing that will take away his lack. He knew that he had a lack. That's why he came and asked him, even though he was a doer of the word. He knew he had a lack. And he came and he asked Jesus, what do I lack? And Jesus saw his lack and he said, this is where you lack and this is the remedy for that. And he said, I'm not taking it. There's some people who say, I don't want to take this medicine because it's bitter. I don't want to have this IV because it's not comfortable. I don't want to be confined to this hospital bed because I want to walk around. Guess what? In the end, they won't be able to walk. In the end, their health will decline if they don't take that medicine. It's just a matter of time. When God tells you to do something, Simply do it because it'll be health to your bones, health to your flesh, strength to your bones. Eternally, you will have everything you need. You will be in good shape when you close your eyes on this side of eternity. You know that you'll see the face of Jesus. That's the most important thing. And whatever you did in this world with whatever God has given you, time, your treasure, your talents, your children, whatever it is, Spending time with them, teaching them the word of God. Spending time seeking God. Spending time giving the word of God to others. All those things will go into eternity. When you go there, not only will Jesus say, well done, that's enough for us. Do you know, along with well done, you have a wealth there. Treasures in heaven. God is speaking to our hearts today. Don't want to be short-sighted. Many people are living like there's no tomorrow. Before they know, it's over. It's over. And everybody can talk about them. The only person who needs to really talk about them is God Almighty. We need to live a life 
that is worth living. Don't live a life that is going to be like the flower that is there in the morning, looks so pretty, and by evening it goes away. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. If you focus on just this world, you're deceiving yourself. But if you focus on eternity, you can be beautiful now, and you'll be beautiful forever. You can be blessed now, and you'll be blessed forever. He will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus now. You'll have overflowing riches for eternity. Think about what God is speaking to you today. What have you chosen? Have you chosen the better part that will never be taken away? Have you chosen the better part that will never be taken away? What choice have you made? This is something very important. We are all in this world. We all need many things. We need family, we need jobs, we need cars, we need houses, we need food, we need clothing, we need health, we need education, we need all kinds of different things in this world. But if we forget that they all come from God, and if we think that we are only trying to somehow get it, and we're trying to work and work and work towards this world, this life, that is going to be like the flower that is here in the morning and it's going to fade away before you know. Be wasting your time. And that which is not going to last. But if you live like that wise man who built his house upon the rock, that no matter what happens, God's blessing will rest upon you now. That's a blessing from God. If you follow him, he'll take care of you. Imagine if he takes care of you, how he'll take care of you. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. If he says, I'll take care of you, imagine how he'll take care of you. He'll give the best to those who have forsaken all to follow him. He'll give the best. God will give the best to his people. Know how to follow him. Who know how to make everything about him. He'll take care of them really good. We'll be blessed now. Our children will be blessed in this lifetime. Even in the brief time that we are here. We'll be of use to God. And used to his kingdom. We'll be the most beautiful flower here on earth. Not any flower. That's what happens when you go in the hands of the living God. God will make a life of glory. Great glory in this world. And then you'll be a lasting, lasting asset to God in his kingdom. And you will have lasting treasures. Where you go. We're going to be forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. So come to Jesus like how he came. But don't do what he did with the counsel that he received. He basically rejected the counsel of God. What Jesus gave with such love, he was not happy about it. May God speak to our hearts at this hour. Jesus called Peter. Peter, come follow me. Peter left his boats. He left his nets. He left everything. 
no problem. No problem. There was no crying party and weeping ceremony. No. He knew who he was following. He left everything. Jesus didn't even tell him, Peter, you leave and you're going to have your treasures in heaven. He didn't even have to say that to Peter. Peter just followed him. God told Peter later, this is what you're going to have. Peter, hundredfold, hundredfold Peter in this world and in the world to come. God told Peter later, but Peter didn't come for that. And Jesus called Peter King. With this man, Jesus told him, knowing that his heart was set on the things that are here today and will not be there tomorrow. Jesus is telling him, he's giving him the eternal calculation. He said, look, this is the best thing for you. I'm offering it to you. I'm offering it to you. Come on, take it. It's good for you. Out of his love, he called him to be his disciple. You know, for him, it's like, oh, oh, wow, I have to go follow him now. I have to leave all these things now. And he thought that Jesus has nobody to serve him and he's calling him. Never think about God like that. If God is calling you to do something, it's not because he needs you, because he wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. And God tells you to do something. It's because God wants to bless you, because God loves you. We have that understanding that whatever comes from God is for my own blessing. So I need to be willing to forego, give up whatever it is in order to receive what God has for me which will be lasting, which will be eternal. Whatever I do here, it will be translated into eternal wealth and it will last forever. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Time goes by so fast. All our plans, our education, the houses that we may build, the cars that we may buy, the families and the friends and all those we may have, before we know, will all be gone if it's not earned in the ways of righteousness. All those things will be gone. But if you do everything unto God, your education, your family, your children, your house, your car, whatever comes from God because You want it for God, to glorify God. It's going to go with you into eternity. It's going to go with you into eternity. Even when you go, whatever you did for God with whatever you've given, law will follow you. The law will follow you. Your education will not just be for this world, but it'll come with you because you studied for God. Whatever you bought will go with you because you bought it to glorify God. 
your children, your family, whatever you did for them, will not just perish here, but it'll go with you because you did it to draw them all closer to Jesus. You want to be a wise steward with the life that God has given and with the resources God has given. You want to take everything with you? Be smart. Do it Jesus' way. Jesus has told us how to live our lives here on earth so that whatever we have won't just fade away. It'll follow with us. It'll go with us. It'll follow us to eternity. It'll be converted into heaven's currency. Thank you, Jesus. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt. Don't labor for the meat that perisheth, Jesus said. There are many things God has spoken, the Lord Jesus has spoken about eternity. Many things. Don't labor for the meat that perishes. He's not telling you don't go to work. He's saying don't labor for that. Don't live for that. Whatever you're doing, do it for eternity. So while you labor, labor for eternity. That'll be converted into heaven's treasures. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For God's people, nothing goes to waste. For God's people, whatever they worked, this world worked hard. They've done it to glorify God. If their motives were pure, their motive was to live for God and use everything for the Lord. Whatever they did on earth will follow them into eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Live your life the way Jesus has taught us. Live your life in the light of eternity. When you enter into glory, you have abundance in the air. As Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Lay up. Work towards that. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It's important. It's important. That's what Jesus said. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It's important. That's why he says, don't labor for the meat that perish, but labor for the things of God. Whatever you're doing, do it unto God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for speaking to us, my word. Thank you for speaking to us with such love, just like how you spoke with such love to this man. This night you've spoken to us with your love. Oh, Jesus, I pray that you'll cause your people to understand the eternal truths that you have placed before them, Father. Let no one turn away sorrowful just like this man, this rich man who trusted, who held on to his earthly riches. He said that, I can't part myself from this. I can't leave this. 
so I will leave you, Jesus. Oh, what a what a scary statement. What a unwise, foolish decision that would be to say, Lord, because I'm not able to part with my past, because I'm not able to part with what I already have, I'm going to part with you, Jesus. May God help us. May God help us. We may not miss the opportunity that God has for us. We just don't want to just be there in heaven. Somewhere in some corner with nothing credited to our account. We want to be rich in heaven. And that's God's desire for you. Use your time. Use whatever God has given to glorify Him. Use your education to glorify Him. Every opportunity God gives you, use it to glorify Him. Do things for God. That's what's going to last forever. Use your time to glorify Him, to live for Him. The Lord says, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. The very same thing he told Peter. He told this rich man. And he's telling us today. Follow me. Whatever you have to lay aside. Whatever you have to depart from. Whatever you have to give up. You need to give up. You cannot walk on two roads at the same time. Moving towards God is moving away from your past. Following Jesus is following Christ and leaving the devil behind is moving away from where you are to move towards God. Going into Canaan means leaving Egypt. Going into the promises of God means leaving the land of the Chaldeans. Thank you, Jesus. And you cannot receive the blessings of God without following the blesser. The eternal blessings that God has for you, God is calling you. He wants to give you his eternal treasures. Whatever you want to leave behind, whatever you should leave behind. Whatever is unhealthy, whatever is not good for you, that's what God will call you to leave behind. Whatever is keeping you from following Jesus, whatever is keeping you from fully committing yourself to Jesus, tell the Lord, Lord, I will lay aside everything that would keep me from the King of Kings, who is the great I am. I place my hand in your hand, Lord Jesus. You lead me and I'll follow you. The 12 disciples, except for the son of perdition, Judas. The Matthias who replaced Judas, all 12, became apostles. From disciples, they became God's apostles. 
who turned the world upside down. God is speaking to us today. When we seek God, we seek him fully knowing that he's doing something glorious. And he's bringing it out in order for us to receive it. Our hands should be empty. We cannot have things from the past, the hands full of things from the past, and try to get something that God has for us. No. God says, empty your hands, my son, my daughter. Whatever is in your hands, whatever is staying in your hands, whatever is taking place over here, whatever is taking that space, whatever is taking the place of what God wants to give to you, discard those things. Put those things away so that God can put his eternal treasures into your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. Thank you for all that you've done, O oh Lord. And thank you for all that you're going to do. Lord, your ways are so glorious. Your paths are so righteous. And we thank you for giving us the privilege to follow you. Thank you for the call of God. And that came to Peter. And thank you for the call of God that came to this rich ruler. This rich man. Thank you for the call of God. That came to us and that has come to us. Help us to be like the disciples who became apostles. Who were doers of your word and were also followers of Jesus. Help us not to be like this rich man who kept your word to an extent but was not following you when he was called to. Who chose not to go with you wherever you went. Who chose not to depart from what he had to when he was called to. Help us to be wise to follow you, to leave that which we need to leave, that which is unhealthy, whatever is unhealthy that you are calling us to leave. Whatever is robbing our time from you, whatever is not of you, whatever you say, we need to leave, drop. Lord, I pray that you help our people, help us, to have that wisdom to joyfully say yes to Jesus when the call comes because it's a rare call. It's a unique call. It's a loving call. It's a special call. And it's an eternal call which carries an eternal value. We thank you, Father. So bless us, the Lord. And I pray that you will make us a blessing as we choose to forsake everything that you've called us to, to follow you. So I pray that you'll continue to speak to your people, whatever you're talking to them about. 
whatever you are telling them, Lord, whichever area that each one is lacking that you are pointing out this night, and you're telling them, my son, my daughter, just give that up. Just leave it. Leave those things and come and follow me. I pray, Father, that you will do your work, your mighty work, all the more in the lives of your precious people. And I pray that you glorify Jesus. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, as your servant, I bless your people with all your blessings pertaining to life and godliness in Jesus, to be doers of your word, and to be followers of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So leave that which they need to leave behind and to cleave to Jesus Christ, their life and their salvation, that they may gain everything now and forever through Christ becoming their true leader. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.